turn to Acts chapter 8, please. Acts chapter 8. I want to direct your attention to verse 26 and following. Get your chance to get there. Acts chapter 8. All right, Acts chapter 8, I want you to look at verse 26 with me. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go to, toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning... And sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water... The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. There's a a couple of examples that I want us to consider in this text this afternoon. I'll be as brief as possible uh, today, but examples of both saved and unsaved alike. And uh, for the Christian, for the child of God, Philip is a great example a great example of one who had a heart and a mind uh, that was surrendered and yielded to the Lord, a heart and a mind that was passionate about souls being saved. We also see a great example in the Ethiopian eunuch, a man in an unsaved condition who was truly seeking after God but needed somebody to show him the way. And we're going to go through this text and examine some of these characteristics. I want to make some applications for us today. We always need to be reminded of our responsibility uh, as saints of God to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And I want us to be reminded of that again today because it's so very easy to be caught up in life and the affairs of life and we fail to see people as souls that are bound for eternity. And our mission as a New Testament church is to preach the gospel to every creature. We must be about our mission. And so I want to just 
re-examine it again today. I also want to share with you something a little bit later at the end uh, that we're working on putting together uh, for, for your use and uh, to help in your ability to be a witness for Christ to those that you know, that you work with, your neighbors, your family, your loved ones, whoever. And so uh, we'll look at that in just a little while, but let's pray and then we'll begin. Lord, I pray that you would uh, walk us through this passage today and remind us again of the great privilege it is to serve the Lord, the responsibility that it is as well as a child of God, that you've not saved us to live life unto self. You've saved us so that we might glorify God in being obedient to what you've given us to do. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us Challenge us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing I want you to note with me is in verses 27 and 28. And what we find here is a searching soul. In verse 27, the Bible says, verse 26 tells us that the angel of the Lord spake to Philip, and the, the angel told him to go uh, the way of the south, to go out into the desert. Philip didn't know exactly why he was going. He just know, knew that the Spirit of God said, Go. And he was sensitive to that. And so he goes, and verse 27 says, And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. What we find here is a searching soul. I want you to notice that he came to Jerusalem for one reason. The end of verse 27 says that he came to Jerusalem for to worship. He was seeking after God. The reason that he was there was to worship God. The Bible tells us that he's leaving Jerusalem now, but he's still searching for something. There's still something that's missing in his life. He wasn't satisfied yet in his soul. And it appears as though this man truly wanted to know God. He came to worship. He seemed to be religious, but he knew that there was still something missing in his life. He came to Jerusalem that he might hear. He even searched the scriptures here. The Bible says he's reading out of Isaiah. He searched the scriptures that he might see, but he still had not found God. He still did not understand by his own admission. He needed someone to guide him. Notice what he said in verses 30 and 31. Philip ran thither to him. He heard him read out of Isaiah the prophet. Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? In verse 31, he said, how can I? except some man should guide me, and he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. What we find here is a searching soul. This man was religious, he came seeking after God, he was looking in the scriptures, and he still had not found what he was looking for. What he needed was a person to guide him. And I'll make an application here, because the truth of the matter is, friends, there are those out there who are seeking the Lord like this man but they need someone to help them. It may not seem like it in our world right now. It may not seem, for the most part, that people are open or searching for God, but I know that they are. I know that there are people still to be saved. Otherwise, we would not be here. 
God is going to bring judgment on this earth. You can read 2 Peter chapter 3. But the reason that God has not judged this, this world yet is because he's long-suffering and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is going to judge the world. He promised that he would. But the seeming delay in his judgment is for the very fact that God is not willing that people perish, but that, some come, that all come to repentance. I think that the mercy of God is, and the grace of God and all of that is something we can't fully comprehend. And we don't even need to. What we need to do is be obedient to what God's given us to do. It might be few in number. But there are still people that are open to the gospel, still people that are wanting to know God. They exist in this world. And what they need is somebody to guide them, somebody to tell them. If there are people that are searching after God, then God promised something. He said in Jeremiah 29 and verse 12, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. God promised the one who searches after him with all of his heart is going to find him. God knows whose car that is. <laughs> Did any of your cars out there? Shoot it dead. <laughs> well, if you'd, if you'd turn off your wrestling match in your ear, pay attention to the... Scriptures and <laughs> all right, right here, right here. The the riff raff over here always is distracting. Kidding, your mo yeah, he's right, Doug. Just get up and leave. You guys done? For all of you that are visiting. I apologize. <laughs> it's not a normal occurrence. It happens every other week. <laughs> Back to the scriptures. There are some who are still seeking after the Lord. But let me also say this. There are some who have the truth, who have access to the truth, but are still not saved. And they don't actually seem to care too much. They don't have anxiety in their soul. There's no searching after God like this man did. He came to worship. He came seeking after God. But there are some, like maybe even in this room today, you have access to the truth. You've heard the truth, but there's no anxiety of your soul. There's no searching after God in your soul. In fact, you're like what the Bible describes in Romans chapter 1, where the wrath of God is against those who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That word hold, in fact, go over there, Romans chapter 1. Let's just look at that scripture real quick. Romans 1.18 says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That word hold doesn't mean that they hold it in their bosom, that they just embrace it, that they have the truth. It mean, what it actually means is that they suppress the truth. 
It means they're exposed to the truth. They have the truth, and yet they suppress it. They hold it back. They don't let it work in their life. And the Bible says that the wrath of God is revealed against those kinds of people. The mercy of God is being extended to people to give them the truth, an opportunity, and yet they reject God and resist God and suppress the truth working in their life. Why do people do that? Because the truth of God makes one accountable to God. And people don't want to be accountable to Him. Isaiah 55 in verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. The implication there is that there's coming a time when he's not able to be found because he's no longer near. Seek the Lord while there's an opportunity, while there's a chance. What we find in the scripture here is a searching soul, a man who was seeking after God, who really wanted to know God. His heart was open to God. And God met his need in a person. The next thing that we see is in verses 26 and 27, and what we find here is a man who was willing to obey. Look at verse 26. You go back to Acts chapter 8, please, and look at verse 26. The Bible says the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Here's a man who was willing to obey, a man who was ready to obey. When Philip got the command from the Lord to arise and go, the Bible says he went. There was nothing more important to him than obeying the Lord in that moment. Philip didn't weigh it out in his mind about this is what I got to do and I've got to do this and I don't think I have time to, to, to do this. No, the Bible says that he obeyed and he went. He didn't even know exactly where he was going. He didn't know exactly why he was going. He just knew the direction he was supposed to go in and that's what he did. Do you think that Philip was trusting the Lord to direct his steps further? Yeah, he had to be. In order for him to be directed of the Lord, the implication here is is that Philip had to be in tune with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. He had to be in tune with the Spirit of God. Look at verse 29. Then the Spirit saith unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Philip had to be sensitive to the direction and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. He had to be listening. Now, let me make this application because there are people out in this world that need the Lord. There are people that are seeking after the Lord or open to the Lord but they need somebody to guide them, which requires that God's people be sensitive to the Spirit of God and willing to obey. Does that make sense? Let me ask you this question. What's more important in your life than serving the Lord and being a witness for Christ? Every time that we 
go out into the community to live our daily life, there could be someone who is searching for the Lord that the Lord wants to direct your steps to. We need to be ready and in tune with the Spirit of God and willing to obey when He speaks. I've told you of times in my life where I'm busy, I've got my schedule, and I'm driving, and I'm going to do this, and i got to do that, and I'm on a time crunch, and I, I sense the Spirit of God telling me, go witness to that person that I happen to see. And uh, there was one on playing basketball down here uh, at, the, at the Christian school uh, last summer or the summer before, and, and just the struggle inside about my own schedule and my time, and I don't have time to do this, but I'm compelled to obey. Just Friday night, uh, I was out on the golf course. I wanted to just go out and play some golf alone. I was kind of peopled out, and I was just going to go out and play golf and just relax a little bit, and I was out there all by myself, and I, uh, uh, there was two guys that were in front of me. They were uh, Army guys. They'd both, both of them just got here. One had been here for a month. The other one only been here for four months, and they were ahead of me, and, and I kept you know hitting into them, playing up against them, and they felt like I was pushing them a little, and they said, hey, you can come on and play through. And I said, well, I'll I'll play up with you. And they said, okay, come on. And so I introduced myself, and I met them, and one guy was from Minnesota, and we had a connection right then, because that's where I grew up, is in Minnesota. I knew right where he lived, and we had that connection. The other guy was from Wisconsin, right across the border, and we just made this connection you know, with, with uh, where they grew up and so on. Both of them are real young. They're in their early 20s, just new to Alaska. I shared a lot of my experiences of Alaska, things that they should go see and go do and so on. And we were playing up, and I was walking up the fairway because theirs was in the woods. Mine was in the fairway. And the Spirit of God said, you need to witness to those two. And I knew it. I could feel it in my soul. And here I just want to play golf. Just kind of just be away from people. But that's not what the Lord wanted. And the Lord, not by chance, as we talked about this morning in Sunday school, was orchestrating things to where my path crossed with theirs. And the Spirit of God said, witness to them. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I've been down this road before. And I fought with you before. But I'm going to do it. And I determined before the next three holes were over, because we were running out of holes, that at some point I was going to witness to them. We got toward the end, and we were just standing there chit-chatting and talking, and I said to the guys, I said, hey, guys, have you ever heard of the gospel? And they were just like, well, I mean, kind of, maybe, I don't know. I said, what do you think it is? And they kind of gave their little definition of it or whatever. And the door opened up wide in that moment for me to share my testimony with them, how God changed my life through the gospel of Jesus Christ, explained what it is to them, how God can change their life too. And at the end, I invited them to come to church. They knew where North Pole was. That's about as far as they'd been outside of Fairbanks was North Pole. I don't know if we'll ever see them or not. But I do know this, that 
gospel seeds were planted in their heart on Friday. That was not by accident. That was by divine appointment of the Lord. And my point in saying this is, listen, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God in our life. We go about living life based on our schedules and our times, and we're completely void of understanding or thinking so often that these people are souls, and God wants to use me to plant seeds of the gospel in their life. God hasn't called me to save people, but He has called me to plant the seeds of the gospel. Sow the seed. But we've got to be sensitive. We should everywhere we go. But particularly there are times when God is working in someone's life or their, their heart is open. But we can't see that. We don't know that. But God does. Which is why we need to be in tune with the Spirit of God. On a broader scale or a bigger picture, maybe we just need to ask this question. Are you even willing to obey? Are you even willing? If the Spirit of God prompted you, would you obey? Maybe on a bigger picture than that, maybe the Lord wants to call you into full-time Christian service, man. Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to set aside the life that you've created for yourself and trust the Lord? Maybe the Lord wants to change the direction of your life right now. And maybe in a way that isn't exactly how you envisioned. I know that feeling. Are you willing to obey? Even if you can't see it, are you willing to live by faith? What we find is a man who was willing and ready to obey in Philip. The Spirit of God said go. And that's exactly what he did. Thirdly, I want you to see a passion for souls. Look in verse 29. Verse 29 says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? After he received further instruction, the Bible says Philip ran to the chariot. Philip knew exactly why God wanted him out there in the desert. And when he knew that, he ran to that soul. Because I think Philip had a passion to obey God and a passion for people. What we find next is that he got right to the business of why he was there. Because the very next thing you read in verse 30 is he heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And he said, understandest thou what thou readest. He got right to the work, right to the business. Would he have been able to do that if he did not first obey the Lord's command to go? If he had not first obeyed the Spirit's prompting? Would he have this same passion if there was something else controlling his life, something else more important to him than being obedient to the Lord? None of those things would have happened. Some interesting wording in verse 29. Verse 29 says, The Spirit told him to go near and join thyself to this chariot. That phrase, join thyself, literally means to get alongside. 
you know what? Sometimes we need to get alongside those who are in need of Christ. That doesn't mean that we be like the world. It doesn't mean that we become like them, but it does mean that you've got to get to know them. They have to see Christ in you. It does mean that sometimes we've got to be willing to get out of our own comfort zone, go out of our way to befriend people in order to to open up their heart and their understanding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're not going to come to you. We've got to go to them. That might mean your neighbor who needs you to mow their grass or take their trash to the dump. It might mean a co-worker who who just needs to have coffee with somebody to be able to express something. It might mean anything. But if we're so self-absorbed and we're so uh, introverted and controlled by our own life, we'll never get outside of our comfort zone to be able to be used of God in someone else's life. Join thyself. Get alongside. It means getting involved in people's lives. I was amazed at with these two guys that what a small world it is from Minnesota. And we sat and chatted about this place and that place. We knew exactly where they were from and exactly what they were talking about. And we had a lot of the same uh, things in common that way. And it's just like that connection, I'm pretty certain, was necessary because they were really willing to listen to me after that. They're not going to come to you. you got to go to them. Are you willing? Look at verses 32 to 35. What we find here is a faithfulness to the Scriptures. The Bible says in verse 31 that the eunuch wanted him to come up and sit with him and explain this to him. Verse 32 says, The place of the Scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. Verse 33, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. That's what he was reading. Verse 34 says, the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? He wanted to understand. But note verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Here's a faithfulness to the Scriptures. Philip used the very Scriptures that the eunuch was reading to preach to him Jesus. Notice that Philip didn't use his own words. Philip didn't use clever arguments. He simply used the Scriptures. He didn't do anything but point him to Jesus Christ. Philip was skilled enough in the Word of God to be able to start at the very Scripture and point him to Jesus Christ. Question. Are you able enough to show someone the way of salvation by using the Scriptures? Church member, If God gave you the opportunity to witness to someone, could you take your Bible and open it up and begin to preach Jesus Christ using the Scriptures? Where would you start? Philip knew where to start. 
He started in the same scripture and turned it and pointed him to Jesus Christ. If you had the chance to ask somebody, hey, do you know what the gospel is? Could you take your Bible and point them to what the gospel is and be able to witness to someone and point them to Jesus Christ using the scriptures? This is a very relevant question, friend. You're members of a scriptural New Testament church. You have the truth of God. You are well-schooled in doctrine. You know what is right and true. But can you take this Bible and point someone to Jesus Christ? Chris? Christy? Doug? Julie? Laura? Jordan? Kim? Jackie? I'm asking you the question. If you can't, you've got some work to do. You've got some work to do. Because honestly, I don't think that's okay with God. Philip was faithful to the scriptures. A lot of times when people... Maybe they have a desire to be a witness and they, they want to try, but they'll use clever arguments or apologetics or other things that are, you know, to try to intellectually talk about Jesus Christ when what we really need to do is just let all that stuff be aside and use the power of the word of God. It's the word of God that is quick and powerful. It's the word of God that is alive. It's the word of God that is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of a person's heart. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Preach Jesus through the scriptures. But can you? Philip was skilled in the word. This is the challenge to be sure, but it is one that we ought to undertake. You, I can't, I, I, can, I can teach how to, but you have to, in your own heart, in your own mind, want to and study the scriptures and know the plan of salvation and be able to know your Bible in order to point someone to Christ. And always point someone to Christ. Always. Even when you're dealing with doctrinal differences. Have you ever heard of that one? Different religions, different doctrinal differences. Point someone to Christ. What else is there that could avail anything anyway than the gospel of Jesus Christ? Using the word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I hope that pricks something in the heart. Philip was obedient to the Lord. He was sensitive to the Spirit of God. He knew the Scriptures. 
And what was the result? Look at verse 37. 37, and Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Here was a man who was ready to confess. He heard the gospel from the lips of Philip. He was ready to be saved. He'd been searching for God. The Spirit of God had drawn him. He knew that what he was hearing and what he found was real, and he was ready to give up all of his other thoughts and religion and confess Jesus Christ. That was the result. He didn't put it off another day. It was right then. It was right there. There's another application to that. How many hear the truth over and over and over again and still never respond? Maybe even someone in this room this afternoon. There's other things that are too important to you. Too important that there's no concern even over your own soul. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Every time a person hears the truth of God and does not respond, that's a rejection of God. This man was seeking after the Lord. He was ready to confess the Lord. He was ready to give up his sin and turn to Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That man was saved right in that moment. But it was because... He was seeking after God himself, but there was a man who was sensitive to the Spirit of God, to be used of God, to let their paths cross, to point him to the way. Does that make sense? That God wants to do the very same thing in our life and use us that way. And there's lots of applications that we could make today. But what has the Lord pinpointed in your heart? How has God used his word right now in your life? What is the thing that the Spirit of God is impressing on you, pricking you with right now? Are you saved, number one? Do you know the Lord? Number two, are you willing and open to obey the Lord if you are saved? Number three, are you working at being skilled in the word of God and working at being a skilled witness for Jesus Christ? Or are there other things that are dominating your life? I think you've got the message that the Lord wanted for us today. All that being said, sometimes people feel like, well, I need some help. I need some resources. And we want to help with that. What we've been doing lately, and I appreciate Pastor Humphrey's effort in this. He's been doing most of the legwork in this. But what we've put together, in, and we're going to put these together in packets to make them readily available. Uh, but what we put together is, is a short Bible study. It's called E-Life Studies. Pastor Sargent, who was just here for our family camp, has actually put these together. They're very good. 
their short four-part Bible studies. This included with a John and Romans. All of the scriptures in this Bible study come out of John and Romans. We're getting uh, a bunch of John and Romans with our own cover put on them. Uh, and they're, they're going to be sent to us and we're going to have a, many available along with these Bible studies in an introduction to the gospel.